Welcome everybody to That Reminds Me Of. This week we are talking about another round by Thomas Vinterberg. How are you, Baron? Good, Doc. I'm good. We're at, back at the Palace Cinemas. Yes. We are actually on the veranda this time because it's nighttime for the first time at the Palace Cinemas for us. And we had to, we had to leave from inside. The lights got dimmed, the music got yep. cranked up just as we were about to start. It was tough. Are you going to give your normal spiel before we go to the Oh, the yeah, I should, I should. So this is the show where we talk about films and the films that they remind us of, and we love spoilers. So carry on with this if you don't care about spoilers. Let's get into it. All right. So, Doc, what are you drinking tonight? I think we may have introduced this drink last episode. It's yes. called Summon the Baron. Summon the Baron. Uh, and Mine looks a bit melty. Did yours have ice in it before? Well, it did, but we it took had, us so we, long to set up. But we had like 20 minutes of trying to set <laughs> yeah. up and find a good spot where the uh, light and the sound I was know. All perfect. I know. And look, I've got, look, you know, nice building architecture behind me, all lit up. Apologies if in post-production, if we realize that this is really crap. Passable is what we've achieved. <laughs> that, that is it. We'll do the best we can. Tell Tom, us about the film, Doc. Oh, geez, it's my turn, is it? Yeah, it's your turn. Crikey. Premise. Okay. Just a premise. We don't need a full synopsis. Well, the premise is we start with this chap. What's his name? Mads Mikkelsen. Mads who, Mikkelsen. Who we both frigging love. Yeah, I love Mads. I love Mads more. <laughs> so we both love him. But what's his name in this film? Um, Let's just call him Mads. Yeah, he's clearly in a rut. In He's a teacher. He's just going through the motions. His marriage is going through the motions. His family life is going through the motions. And he's he's got a whole lot of mates who are kind of also going through the motions. And one of them has a 40th birthday. And at that birthday, they get smashed. He has things to do the next day. So initially, he doesn't want to get smashed, but he ends up getting smashed. And they get this theory that they're better, they're, they're more, you know, superhuman and able to do things better if they're at 0.05 alcohol content. Yeah. So the rest of the film is really them testing this premise that life is better at 0.05. So it starts there, they have some good results. Good early, good early data, uh, and then just gradually, as you, you see it coming, they gradually take it a bit too far, and the film's all about the impacts of that, where that leads them, and it's ambiguous because there's both positive and negative effects to it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the that's the starting point. What do you want to add? There's some philosopher of some sort. That Kierkegaard. Has who, who is it? Uh, Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard. Yeah. Yes. Who, who's, An who's existentialist like, sort of. There you go. Who's like, well, this is a thing. 0.05% alcohol blood level mm. is the best yeah. level to run at and it'll give you more confidence and it'll make you kind of a better, out, more outgoing, higher performing human being. But I love the rules that they come up with. Yeah. They decide to do the Hemingway approach of uh, it has to be during working hours, never after 8 p.m., never on the weekends. So that's what they do. That's, that's the whole plan. And they come up with lots of heroes along the way, like there's Hemingway, there's Churchill, uh, there was, who else did we have? Well, there's anti-heroes. There's anti-heroes like, yes. um, what's his name? Uh, Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> Hitler, who was a teetotaler. Mads Mikkelsen is a teacher and he gave a quiz to his students yep. to pick who they would vote for. And he basically uh, presented two drunks and one, one guy that didn't drink. 
and they chose the guy that didn't drink and that was Hitler. Things. Did you mention that, that they were all teachers? Because I thought that was interesting. The mm. fact that we've, we're, we're joining a group of guys who are about mm. as middle-aged and bland as you can get at first appearance. They were, They're just, yeah. one's a philosophy teacher, one's a music teacher, there's a, a phys ed teacher and a history teacher. You know, they all seem like they were fun in their youth, but they've all become a little stale and, and stuck and trapped in their ways and they're just not really living life to the most. That's, that's where you start off. Without giving too much of our lives away, it's so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so relatable. If that not, was the problem. If not for oneself, at least for people that you know. Oh, yeah, not me. But I not know a lot either. of people just like that. Yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it was a really good starting point. And I, I love the fact that the opening scene was all about the kids, mm. the kids getting drunk and all, all the hijinks that they got up to and yep. then the teachers judging the kids and, you know, in a mature way, sort of wondering what they're going to do about that problem. And yeah. then the, the 40-somethings ended up suffering the same problems. Absolutely. So overall thoughts about the film, and then let's get into details. Like, did you enjoy it? Did you, did you not enjoy it? Was it fun? Was it not fun? What are your thoughts? Can I start one step back from that? Yeah, sure. And talk, talk about Thomas Vinterberg. Yes. I hope I'm pronouncing him right. I don't pronounce anything else right. <laughs> but um, Thomas, the director, I, I loved The Hunt. I think we both loved The Hunt, didn't yep. we, with Mads? Yes. Because we both love Mads and we both love The Hunt. Love Mads, love The Hunt. I went on a bit of an odyssey this last week and watched a few of his other films. Oh. And I'm sure I've seen some before, but I watched, um, what was it, Far From The Mad Maddening Yes, Crowd. that's right. Uh, and I, I it's all about that. love, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Claire Danes. Okay. And also Dear Wendy which is a film that um, Lars von Trier wrote, wrote the script to and, and Thomas Winterberg directed. And I've just grown absolutely in love with Thomas Winterberg. Oh, really? See, I haven't seen any of his other films. Oh, so wow. there you go. Oh, um, good on you for, do, for doing some homework. Well, yeah, so, so <laughs> I came to, into this as, as excited as I've been for any film so oh, far. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So did I like it? I, I freaking loved it from start to finish. I freaking loved it as well. I had such a good time. You know what? Th this film, it's a little bit like The Hunt in that it is approaching some pretty serious topics. Yeah. But unlike The Hunt, which is all through and through a very serious film and quite intense, mm -hmm. this film has so much levity in it. And I just went for the ride and just found it fun. The whole thing really fun at the same time as being as like feeling like I was getting a masterclass on middle-aged males and humanity and and all of and all of those things I know he's so so human you know like so so in touch with the the subtleties of the human bloody experience yeah what's that about it's just <laughs> it's wonderful I'm not sure if it's a sequel to the hunt or not like is he the same character because i don't think so no he's not because a lot no. of the other guys were familiar to me and I, I couldn't remember if if it's the same universe or not but yeah. let's assume not no i don't think so so thomas director thomas mm. did a graduate that's right film mm. called the last round and i'm assuming i could be totally wrong that there's some connection between the success of that graduate film um, and then he's come back and written this and, and made it into more of a filled out feature. Yeah, I think you're right. So I haven't seen any, any of the other films, but him, Thomas and Mads together is golden. 
It's such a good combination, those two. Was, was there anything specific that drew you into this? Do we go through it chronologically? Let's do or, it. Chronologically. Or do, chronologically. Okay. Let's do it. Well, the start, there's a whole sequence of the kids. What did you think of that? I thought it was great. So the film kicks off with this weird tradition of, it's a little bit like wife carrying, you know, um, <laughs> or chasing the cheese down the hill that they have. I don't know, you, either of you these know, things. Okay, so okay. That's, that's, Bizarre that's sort of small town traditions, right, that are really specific to one little part of the world. This is another one of those where all the kids have to carry a case of beer, mm. race around a, a lake and drink the whole case as they go, which is ridiculous and, you know, dangerous, but also great because that's you know, what small towns are all about, right? That, yeah. Those sorts of traditions. And it gets you off on the right, I don't know, it sort of sets the whole film up and it sets you off on this sort of path of kind of knowing that, that this all leads to alcoholism, but mm. there's actually also something about letting go of your inhibitions, having a great time with your friends and being like living life to the full in some way. That becomes a theme for the whole film. Completely. He's like, we've got some interference there of, of some sort of noise. Because it's, um, it's Pentridge, what do you And think? we're outside, we're outdoors. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's a master of tone, isn't he? Like, yep. that little vignette at the start just included so much data that, that informs your, your impression of the whole thing. Yeah, I wonder if that harked back to his um, earlier film. We'd have to watch it. But, we'd, ha know. we'd have to watch it, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the earlier film might have been all about that in some ways, you know. Mm. And then it introduces you to all of the, the main characters, all of the teachers, and very quickly gets you into this idea of drinking to that 0 0.05 alcohol level. Mm. But what I loved about that scene more than anything, which is the 40th birthday of the friend. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to that scene. I was yeah. going to ask you about that. Yes. Yeah, I loved it because there you saw for the first time the levity disappears and you see Mads, the vulnerability and, and how lost his character is. There's been a lot of rumors about this being a potential Oscar nom for Mads Mikkelsen. And that scene alone just took me there straight away. And I was like, yes, this guy, he's got it. I'd give him the Oscar tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where the, the vibes of the hunt came in. Because it's Mads, I had a sense of all the baggage of, of that previous film. Yeah. And just a whole lot of life stuff that has worn him down and and then he's there with all these mates they're all drinking and he's determined not to drink yep and he goes for half the scene not drinking and and you're sort of proud of him in a way but you feel for him because they're romanticizing every bloody sip that they take yes um and he caves <laughs> and it all it all caves in from there he caves and the, the line that really gets him which i thought was brilliant was that his friend diagnoses like so brutally honestly what his issue is and that he's he's lost the joy in his life oh i wrote that down yeah yes. and he just says it in an off-the-cuff way but you can see that that one line has just bitten him right in the core and he just can't get past it and then next thing you know he's downing the drinks and crying at the same time such a scene what it's a such scene. a scene and and it's so poignant because vinderberg has set that up he's he's allowed you to see just enough to recognize yep. it i think the line is i wrote it uh lack of self-confidence and joy yes that's so the that's one. the setup for that character he starts yep. with a lack of self-confidence and joy and that that informs the whole arc of him which is just a 
frigging thing of beauty. It is because all of the over the top drinking that comes later is understandable. From that moment onwards, you just get it. This guy's lived years and years and mm. years, slowly sort of burying into his own shell and like he's, he's starting to come out. And of course he's gonna to wanna to push that further and see, see how far he can go and how much of his life he can reclaim. It's, it's amazing, because if, yeah. we, if we look at just his arc, let's just take Mads, because we're both enamored by him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not sure if this is the right thing to do, but, but fast forward to the end in that brilliant scene where he's doing a um, Christopher Walken dance routine. Yes. Is it Christopher? Yeah, Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been through all this stuff. So there is, is quite an arc. Is there anything you want to say about that, that journey that he's been on? Only that I think that it's brilliantly handled. You know, yeah. there was only one point that I felt like I was being preached to a little bit. Ah, yeah. And it was the we've gotten two thirds of the way through the film. I'm jumping way ahead now, but yeah. I think it's- Well, I've jumped further, so yeah. you're, you're okay. We're talking about his arc, right? So let's get into it. But two thirds of the way through, we've seen this beautiful arc of them sort of having success and then taking it too far mm. and like hitting rock bottom. They've become alcoholics essentially. And he has a falling out with his wife mm. and it gets a little melodramatic. And I think Thomas pulls it back just at the last minute. He saves it. But there were about five minutes there where I was getting worried. And I thought this has gone a little too predictable with yeah. the breakup, you know? It was the classic, where have you been for all these years? And I had to move on, I couldn't wait for you. And then he blew up because she's been cheating on him. And it just, you know, it just got a little bit too much, too, too melodramatic and too predictable yeah. for me, that part. But then it all comes back in a nice, in a, in a really nice way. So I forgave it. But there was about five minutes there that I was worried. Yeah, I, I wasn't worried. I, I know what you mean. But because of my homework for the last week, yeah. I felt in such capable hands yeah, great. that I just thought, no, this guy's just setting things up and he'll, he'll play this right. And yeah. he did to me. Like I knew he was going to pull it back and just give just the right dose of every little bit of medicine. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Mm. That is a talented human being there who just knows how to tell these stories perfectly. To feel comfortable. Like yeah. how, how often, honestly, like yeah. you're a filmmaker, how often, so you know behind the curtain, how often do you actually feel comfortable in someone's hands as far as a viewer? Not, not, often. not often. I'm always worried for me, them. Me too, totally. Yeah. 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 There are a few filmmakers that I feel comfortable and some of the greats as well, I don't feel comfortable in their hands all yes. the time Yes, no, even more so because yeah. you know I mean? the stakes are so high. The You're stakes thinking, are so high. They've got lucky this far and yes. they're, they're going to stuff something up. Absolutely. I guess we should talk about some of the other characters a little bit. What, what did you like about the ensemble cast? So you've got four, four guys, mm. best mates. Mads is clearly the leading man and the main character and the main arc that you're following, but he's got these three other guys with him. What, what did you think? I was thrilled about it, to be honest, because I wasn't sure, you know, who we were going to follow in the film. And everything was telling me I was following Mads Mikkelsen throughout, throughout the thing, and I was, uh, but I thought everyone else would be kind of bit part players to play into his journey, but not quite so. Every, everyone else had their own lives and, you know, he wasn't the tragic figure in the end. Right. Like it was from his, from his perspective, 
but it wasn't necessarily all about him. There was someone else that, that died. Like if you were to play it in a predictable way, it would have been Mads that fell off the wagon and killed himself or whatever and, and was the tragic figure. But it wasn't him, it was one of his mates. And I thought they, they just added a lot of complexity and it made it not preachy actually to show how different people could respond to the same experiment. I felt in quite a realistic way, it was the sort of quiet guy of the four of them that was the one that fell the furthest. And I think that's often the mm. way these things go, you know? There were a yeah. couple of clues that he was the sort of the papa bear. Yeah, I think you're right. That was well handled. There was a guy that was a bit of a joker, but then he turned out sort of being the one who had the most stable relationship. Mm. There was a guy who was a bit of a wild card, I guess. The philosopher, no, the music teacher, like he just wasn't, weren't sure where he was gonna go. <laughs> yeah. um, but he ended up being the one that had the most success out of the whole experiment. So it was, it was nice. The characters were all balanced and handled well. But how nice and unpreachy that it's not just the thesis on how bad alcohol is. Correct. It included that. Yep. So like it's responsible in that it includes that, but it's, it's also looking at the joys and the positives and everything else. So that, yep. that's a complicated, uh, you know, road to travel. So this is a film with, with four lead male characters, middle-aged men, white men. <laughs> um, what did you think about the women in this, in this film? The women, were there women? <laughs> the wives, <laughs> basically the wives and the love interest. How do you think they were handled? I think they were kind of caricatures in a way, but, but not, in, not in a bad way. Like this, this, yeah. the purpose of the film was to explore, you know, these blokes and men at that time in their lives and the relationship with drinking. Yep. So I think that's fine that they were fairly two-dimensional. I, I think you could, um, you could infer meaning from them, like the conversations with Mads' wife, for example. You can see that there is a whole world behind her eyes. Absolutely. That you, you're not privy to. Yeah. And I think it's good that you're not shown that, but it's also good that you see that it exists. I didn't have a problem with that either because I think that they weren't allowed into the world. This was really was about these four guys. So any way you show those characters was going to be from the outside looking in, in a way. Yeah. Um, so I think that was handled fine. This is curious. Like one of the things I love about this is that it is a film about four middle-aged white guys that still feels really nuanced and fresh. And I think you, you know, you and I obviously can probably <laughs> relate to it on some level, but I think a lot of people could relate to it. It's um, quite universal. I think the fact that the world, let alone the film world, has been overtaken by white middle-aged blokes in the past, <laughs> yeah, in a cliched way, yeah. Let's put a line under that and we're in a new world now, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> every, every topic, every character type can be looked at in a pensive, uh, thoughtful way. And yeah. I think just this director does that. And he's done that in everything he's done, whatever the subject matter. Yeah, totally agree. And one of the things that I took away from this was just this, this overwhelming feeling of life is there to be enjoyed and, and that, that finding joy in your life and what you do is the most important thing. And that, that seemed to be underneath the whole alcohol. Like you, <laughs> yeah, you could almost true. replace alcohol with getting out on the weekends for hikes or, um, you know, yes. weed or, <laughs> you know, any you number of things. Like you could almost take that out and replace it with something else, which is basically the underlying message is don't become a machine that just does his job every day, mm. clocks in, clocks out, 
and then goes home kind of numb from the whole experience. That's true. I, I found I wanted to, I live next to a river, literally on the river. Yep. And see people kayaking every day of the week. Yeah. And I've never been. And then I see him do it, and he's sober when he's doing that. Yes, yeah. You know, I think that was telling. That, yep. that shows how, how far he had come yep. um, with the little experiment. But at the end of the day, probably the thesis holds true that 0.05 is a good place to be. Yes. <laughs> Just don't go above if it. they hadn't pushed it so if they far. they hadn't pushed it so far. They, they went to 0.1, and then they went to 0.2. I mean, obviously, that's ridiculous. It's going to get sloppy yeah. at that point. We all that's a weird that. message because that... You know, if you deconstruct, that is that is the message that, yep. hey, drink, but don't drink too much. In moderation. <laughs> drink in moderation, folks. Drink during the day in moderation. <laughs> and your life will get better. Yeah. That's what they're yeah. saying. Exactly. Uh, that's the message, right? We should all take away. <laughs> we haven't covered the whole film because it's, there's no. too much nuance to yeah. cover it all. But do you want to get into Reminds Me of? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, there's not much more to say. We both love it. Yeah, uh, and there's nothing. There's very little negative to say about this film. I think yeah, so. Nothing for me. I think most people will like it a lot. Uh, one thing that I found I found interesting that I just wanted to mention was that when you're when you're in a festival type film, and mm. this isn't really that, but it's it's an, it's an indie film. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a festival type film. Yeah. But when you're in the cinema, I always find it entertaining what people laugh at and what people react to because it's never the same things that when when you're in a sort of mainstream it's film true. Yeah. like people sort of laugh at just you know all of like all of the comments about life like they mm. get off on all of the other little things that go on around there that in any other cinema where they're seeing mainstream films people wouldn't even blink at and that's what's nice about the um the audience i listened to someone recently i think it may have been um vinterberg Possibly, because I listened to a podcast with him and Mads talking about something. Oh, wow. And I think if it was them or someone else, we're talking about how important the audience is yeah. as in, in meaning from the film and every audience is different. And that's exactly what you said. Uh, and it's, it's so true. If you find something funny or if you hear other people laughing, it reinforces that. And that's then a memory of the film for you as if it was a more special. It's added another element than it would have had in the production. Absolutely. So remind, reminds me of, do you have any? I have a few, I've written them oh, down. Oh, great, because I, I, have, <laughs> I have very little to add to this conversation, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say. One was Christopher Walken and that yes. dance. What, what's the song he dances? Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim. I can't, I can't remember the, I can, the song's playing in my yeah, head. Yeah, I can't even remember the song. <laughs> the one where he's in the hotel and he's like flying down the, from, That's right. from the, the top level to the, yeah, to the well, foyer. Yeah, toward, at the very end, pretty much of the film, Mads Mikkelsen, he's been sort of chastised for being a jazz ballet dancer all, all through. <laughs> yeah. And finally, at the very end, he breaks out and it's, it reminded me of, of Christopher Walken dancing. There, there were some, some moves that were just even similar. Yeah. Um, and also Footloose, there's a dance scene in Footloose, the original, <laughs> where, where you just sort of break free. I love it. I hope you've got another Oh, you've got nothing? I'll, I'll keep going. I'll, I'll, go, go, I'll go all day. Okay, there was, there was a moment in the film where they showed some, some real footage of Bill Clinton, um, oh. Boris Yeltsin. How good was that? That was amazing. You and I were both cracking up cracking the whole up. way through that. Just incredible. Well, in, in the middle of, of this, you know, fiction, we're then just exposed to all this real footage <laughs> of people in power, men in power for the most part, getting smashed and being 
in public smashed. Yeah. Uh, and it was so beautifully tied into the film, but it reminded me of Spike Lee in general. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Like Five Bloods. Five Bloods. Intercut as, with real footage. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and other stuff that Spike Lee's done, I think. I think he's got a habit of, of connecting real with, with yeah. fiction. Yeah. So there's Spike. That's another one. I'll, I have another one for you. I, I cannot remember the name of the film. We watched it as part of Myth. And oh, it was wow. the film where the guy was, everyone was sweating all the time. And the guy was getting rats put in his, his locker. And do you remember what that film was called? Oh, it was one of my favorite ones. Yes. Exile. Exile, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Exile, it reminded me of Exile on some level, mm. but more, more entertaining than, than Exile. It, it was like, if, if Exile had had some life injected into it a bit more, like a bit more sort of rowdy fun thrown yeah. in there, then it had, it had a lot of similar vibes going on. In terms of you're following a guy who's just, his life is un, unraveling around him. That's so true. That's very like, European as well. That's brilliant. European is important. Yeah. This is very European. It's Big time. European sensibility. We haven't even mentioned that this is a... Danish. Danish. It's a Danish film, subtitles. But mm. I reckon if you're not a subtitles fan, within a few minutes, you're, you're just sucked in. Like, you're not going to care, you know? It's fine. Um, I think Exile is a great reference because I, I remember we, we talked about that and we thought it felt like a schoolroom yes. like with, a, with a bully situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and this was in a school and, and likewise the adults were acting like children in yeah. the school. Yeah. So in that respect it was very similar. Absolutely. Um, Exile didn't have the levity, but I don't think it needed it. I think it was beautiful in its own way, but this yes. one was better. Yes, I agree. You want me to keep going, don't you? If you have another one. Yes, I do. Great. Um, this is Vinterberg's own film that I saw last night. Ooh. And it's called Dear, Dear Wendy. Wendy. Oh, okay. Dear Wendy. Uh, and what's it about? I recommend this. Yeah? It's a very similar film in some respects. So the premise is that you've got this loner in this small town who claims to be a pacifist, but he comes across a gun. He thinks it's a toy gun to begin with, and then but gradually it's, it's a real gun, and he becomes enamored with it, and then assembles a group of other loners, other outcasts, and they create this kind of club where they all own guns, and they're pacifists, but they're gun owners. They legitimize things by degrees, uh. and you, you see you know, what starts as being something that you can identify with, such as the .05 experiment. Yep. And just gradually goes out of control and it just goes way, way out of control. Wow. And they're kids. And, and this is basically taking alcohol and, you know, playing out the same film. Yeah. So he's done it with before. Guns. Uh, yeah, that's with guns. Wow. With, with, yeah. with horrific effect without Ooh, getting into it. That's kind of what the hunt is as well. I mean, the hunt yeah. starts off with a really small, understandable little mistake that happens you know exactly yeah there's this great scene where the little kid little girl and that's in the daycare gets shown a porno magazine with a guy with an erection and the next day she sort of doesn't get a i can't remember what it is she doesn't get a hug from mads or something like mads says no that's not appropriate and so she goes and tells someone that she saw that he had he had a hard willy or something right wow and next thing you know the whole town is turning on him and it starts off as you're fired and slowly becomes like you are a complete outcast from the society. You're never welcome here again. And it happens by degrees. 
So I think that, that that's a real mm. theme for, for Thomas, right? Com completely. And, yeah. that, and that's his brilliance, I think. That I think so too. He can just make that happen by degrees and it, it goes to his subtlety. Nothing is Hollywood, everything is subtle but has impact. Yeah. It's a little bit like force majeure as well, which we, we've talked about before. Oh, don't. I was going to mention. Oh, I'll go for it. <laughs> no, you, no, you, you talk you, about you it. You mentioned it first. I wasn't going to men mention force majeure. I was going to mention Ruben Ostland in general. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We, well, it starts off. It starts off with a simple little premise of a, what looks like it's going to be a tragic accident, mm. um, but then doesn't become one. But it's all about how the people behave in that moment. And then yeah. it, and it starts to tear the whole family apart by degrees. I don't know where these people come up with these ideas, you know, just little human moments and, and, and how they can unravel and get out of, out of control. Again, it's, it's a European sensibility. I though. think so. I don't know if it's yeah. European or just Danish or, or Ruben Ostlund isn't Danish. What, what's he? I don't know. No, yeah. it's European. Yeah. I, I listened to an interview with Mads and Thomas Winterberg and with an American host. And I just had the feeling that they're on completely different levels. The interviewer was nice and he wasn't silly, but they just sounded like a, you know, philosophically different level really? to what these Danish guys are operating on. Right. So it, it just felt like every answer had to be dumbed down to, to the audience. That's a shame. Um, and very politely <laughs> so. Yeah. But Mads, we're talking to an American here. Uh, just. It, it felt like Bring that. It down and it's level. not just American. I think it's us as yeah. not not sort of civilized non European. European. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Non civilized Europeans, exactly. Yeah. Us, so. us out in the colonies that have gone wrong slowly. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Anyway, I'm 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 happy to live in Australia and yeah. just consume his film. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I haven't got anything else to say other than go see it. It's great. Completely go see it. Yeah, yeah I'm done too, but I'll see you next time, Baron. Absolutely. Enjoy this. Doc. Cheers. See ya. Gotcha.